We're back at it again here in the Second Line Studio. The Legal Gambling Council is here. Gentlemen, welcome to, I believe, is this week nine? This is week nine. This is it. Yeah. Getting on up there. Uh, we got we got a full slate just about of SEC games as All well. All right. Good to hear. That is Nicholas Carr. Can't wait. And there is Benjamin Woodhouse. Austin Gray is here. What's up? Official legal counsel is here for week nine picks. Uh, we talked about it on our hangover edition. Uh, as a team, not our best week, but as a team, we are still in the black. I believe we are picking at close to a 56% clip as my That's right. Google sheet is loading, still loading. That's good. Um, but we are uh, we're still operating uh, at a, uh, a nice pace here, picking games against the spread, taking totals, uh, all that good stuff. But um, but yeah, it's it's shaping up to be quite the race uh, in 2020. Uh, I'm a game ahead of Nick, um, and then Ben and Austin are neck and neck. Um, so. Five and seven last week, but still fifty-six percent clip for the season. Um, gentlemen, quick recap: we had a couple bad beats. Um, I took one UAB plus one and a half was not kind. Um, they uh, had a terrible showing against the Raging Cajuns. Bill Clark let me down for the first time I think ever. Um, Ben had an absolute rough one with Penn State. And then um, Air Force laid an egg. Illinois didn't show up. And then uh, Michigan State Rutgers was just weird. And then uh, Baylor did not perform well against the Longhorns. Other than that, Ohio State hit, Liberty hit, Boise State absolutely put in some work on the Smurf turf. Um, So, yeah, Iowa State, Kansas State, good week uh, despite a couple – couple lackluster showings from some of our uh some of our teams so any thoughts on uh on week eight before we move on i I do want to take uh ownership of that air force pick some numbers came to light afterwards apparently uh teams that have already played a game uh going off against a team that is playing their first game uh the team in their first you'd think it would be the reverse the team that had already played would be you know pretty good because they kind of had something to go off of but it's actually i guess it's because you know you put yourself on film and the other team to ha- you know has nothing to look at uh the team playing in their first game of the season against the team who's already played i believe straight up is now 29 and 12 in 41 games in which that's taken place thus far this year so that was my fault on Air Force. I mean, they they were terrible on offense, and I, I guess I should have seen that. And who knew Nick Starkle was the quarterback at San Jose State? So again, that's on me. <laughs> yeah, and, and rather than dipping our collective toes in the Big Ten waters, we just dove in like oh. head first. That did not work out well. I think we went one and I three love betting Big, the Big Ten, Ten game. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. It's okay. We're we're back here. That's why we uh, that's why we do it. We just get to reset every week. Um, Zach, I, you nailed it. Uh, Penn State screwed me. I oh, mean, absolutely God. screwed me. Like, I mean, that's like no that's like reason. one of the worst ways to lose though, because I hate the whole like fall down and don't score because that's just really playing with fire there. And obviously, hindsight, you know it it worked out or it didn't work out. I should say worked out for. For Indiana, I 
I still think Indiana. I still think he was short. I didn't think he was in. Uh, and that that didn't matter for my cover. He was not in there. You're right. Uh, I think he was short. And I like Nick saying. I mean, I guess you have to give precedent to somebody. But like Nick said, let's let's stop saying well the call on the field is automatically going to have a leg up on the review. I mean, either review it from a neutral perspective or don't review it at all. Yeah. Because it was clear that to me, or at least it was. 98% clear that he did not get in yet because they called him in on the field they gave that's the 2% the precedent. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. Definitely got the benefit of the doubt because you have to find that um inconclusive evidence on tape to overturn it and being called a touchdown on the field greatly helped Indiana, but Good for Tom Allen. Good for Grant Hurd and the former guys up there. Uh, that was a big win. Um, and, you know, hey, it's always nice, e- even though, Ben, I hate you suffered because of it, but it's always nice to see James Franklin take one in the fucking jaw. So, <laughs> all right. Without further ado, Nick, the keys are yours, my friend. Let's uh, let's crank it up and let's get going. All right. I said uh... – I said it's a full SEC slate. I, that was a little bit of a, a misstep. We don't have the Missouri versus Kentucky game that took place last week, I believe. So I think we're, we're down at six SEC games this week. I'll, I'll double check uh, that. But we start off with, yeah. No, we're, we're at, yeah, we're at six games. We'll figure out who's not playing. All right, we start off. South Carolina's not playing. South Carolina's not playing, and I think, I think it may be another um, Tennessee. That Tennessee's Tennessee. Offering. How could I? How could I forget about the Vols? That that's what that's on me. All right, they're so Georgia back you forgot goes, about them. Exactly. That's, that's exactly right. Georgia goes on the road to Kentucky, and it is a uh, over under forty four and a half, and a spread of Georgia minus fifteen. I'm not giving a I'm not giving a lock, but I'll just give you a double pick here. I would take the over and lay the points. That is it. If you need any further clarification, I don't see any any way that uh, Kentucky can score on that defense. There's they, they scored ten points against Missouri. There's no way they're scoring on Georgia. So you're still going to take the over thinking Georgia's going to hit it by themselves? Is that the thought process? They could. I mean, I'm, you know, something like a 38-10, 38-17. Like it's – Kentucky will get a garbage touchdown or something, but Georgia can kind of do what they want in this game. I, I'll be quick here too. I, I'm laying the points. I like what Austin said a couple weeks ago about the – 14 and a half or 15 point line it's like they're begging you to take Kentucky um, I'm going to lay it with Georgia I don't think Kentucky gets scored They're too one dimensional and Georgia they're going to suffocate uh, Kentucky Nicobe Dean and those guys mm-hmm. Kentucky's not going to be able to run the ball even though their offensive line is very good probably the best one Ole Miss has played all year um, it doesn't matter Georgia's going to roll yeah, through three games, the the Georgia defense has not given up a rushing touchdown. I mean, they gave them up mm. uh, last week or two weeks ago against uh, Alabama. But I, I mean, that, that's that's the strength of the defense is stopping the run. I don't think that that's going to be much of an issue against Kentucky. Austin, is there is there a problem with this game? 
Uh, is there a COVID problem? I, the the lines I'm showing have not shown any uh, movement. I just see one total line on this game. Is there is there something we should be concerned about? I don't know. I haven't seen any COVID um, rumors or, or or any region that think there are going to be some significant absences due to COVID. But I, I think Mizzou's – I'm sorry, Kentucky's showing against Mizzou rather last week is really – reflected in the number you would you know had kentucky just won that game eked it out maybe not even covered surely this is down to like 10 10 and a half right but i i still can't make a a good argument for kentucky y'all know how many total yards they had last week so kentucky had 100 right 145 total yards oh my gosh against mizzou they ran 36 plays 36 plays to 92 plays yeah, I think that's ex- that is exactly right 36 <laughs> to 92 that's so, almost tripled up I, I you know i want to make a case for kentucky here i'd love to to, to be able to say that they're going to put up a fight i don't think they're going to score like maybe literally not score unless their defense can 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 get any action like they did against tennessee um the total is weird. That's a very NFL-esque number. Those low 40s are tricky in college football. We've talked about that before. No matter how good the defenses are, you know, the, a punt over uh, – or rather a snap over a punter's head or, you know, a fumble in a in a weird spot on the field can lead to, to quick points in short possession. So I'd stay away from the total, but I think you all are right. Even though it's a funky number, as Ben said, it seems to be begging for action on the Cats. I think you either have to take Georgia or stay away. All Georgia right, has won of, 10 in a row in that series, by the way. 10 um, straight. I, They're going to make it a lot. I'm surprised it's not higher. I mean, yeah, that, that seems like they're, they're adding on to that. It's going to be 11 after Saturday. I think there's no doubt. Um, all right. This is a game, you, also, you talk about begging you to take money on it. I feel like they're begging you to take money on LSU on the road at Auburn. LSU is laying three and a half, and then over under is uh, either 65 and a half or 66. I just, I mean, this game to me, I mean, they want you to take LSU here because LSU's been the better team. But, you know, I mean, I, if I'm getting points at home, I mean, this just seems like a bounce back game from Auburn. They can't be bad all year long. And I, I say that they'll get, you know, ran out of the building. But I don't think they're going to be, continue to be terrible. I mean, they could be 0 and 5 at this point. And I don't yeah. think that's going to keep up all year. I'm with you here, Nick. I went back and forth on taking the points because it's not a lot. Uh, take it like laying the points, I should say. Um, I think LSU's found something with TJ Finley. Now I know last week was against South Carolina, coming off a big win, so it was a obvious letdown spot, and they played terrible. Um, they couldn't do anything right. LSU ran a kickback. Finley came in, played out of his mind. Uh, I, this game always gets weird. It's a big rivalry game. It's on the plains. I know this isn't a normal home game. I think I think Auburn's going to play with them, and I like them to, to to cover here. I think LSU wins it, um, but I think it's going to be close. I, I think uh, too many athletes in space for LSU. I mean, uh, I think Terrace, Terrace Marshall's going to get loose a couple times. I think the added element of Finley running the ball is going to give Auburn some fits. Uh, we saw Corral have success, zone read, keeping it, using his legs to get first downs, especially in the red zone. Um, Finley's a big guy. I think that um, I think LSU tries to kind of slow the game down a bit and try to control 
the game with their offense. And I think uh, I think LSU wins, but Auburn covers. Uh, like you said, Nick, I think Vegas is begging you to take LSU, but I think Auburn plays a little little over their skis here and uh, keeps it close. Yeah, I'm. A, you you said it's LSU minus three and a half. Mm-hmm. I, I, I see. Yeah, minus, I'm just I see three. minus three. Okay, three. Yeah, I'm going right. to lay the points. I I just don't – I'm not impressed with Auburn at all. Um, they, no, me neither. Me neither. I, Ole Miss did not play well last week, and the the referees gifted Auburn um, a huge, enormous, ginormous break in the end of the game. Otherwise, uh, the game likely – you know, turns out goes a different direction. I think in that last series too. Now, now, th- all of this had to happen for Auburn to beat Ole Miss. Auburn, o- Auburn touches the ball as it goes into the end zone. Ole Miss lands on it. Referee calls touchback. They don't review. Give the ball to Auburn. Auburn comes out. Ole Miss drops an interception. Then Auburn ends up punting to Ole Miss. I think all this was. I think this is the correct timeline. Auburn punched Ole Miss. Ole Miss has the ball on a, a, around the 50. And then instead of getting a first with like four minutes to go, instead of getting a first down and, and running the clock basically out, Ole Miss runs Plumlee at quarterback on second down. Go, Not saying that that's the reason Ole Miss goes three and out, but it, we, we talked about that on the previous show. Ole Miss goes three and out, punts it back to Auburn, and then Auburn – if I'm not mistaken, got a third and long on the next drive before they threw it to uh, uh, Seth Williams. I think that's who scored the go-ahead touchdown um, at the end of the game. I mean, there were a lot of things that happened in the favor of. I mean, they are literally Auburn has like sold it, sold to the sold to the devil because there is no team luckier than the Auburn Tigers historically. I mean, it's like that every single year. But in those previous years, I mean, those teams are also good. This one's not. Uh, They're just – Tank Bixby's a nice player. Seth Williams is a good player. I'm not very impressed with Knicks, even though he played well against Ole Miss. LSU, I think they've got a little bit of momentum here, especially coming off last week. Got the new quarterback in there. Not saying that he's going to be some future great, but sometimes all it takes is a little confidence. I'm going to take the Tigers, lay the the LSU Tigers, lay the points, and uh, and just roll the dice with them. Just so it's on record, uh, I think Tank Bixby is going to be a star. Yeah, he's he, a problem. He he is, he's a very good player. He's very good, but he doesn't come across to me even like some of the Auburn running backs in the early 2000s. And, yeah. and he might be. Keep he in mind, though, awesome true freshman. Keep in mind. He kind of reminds me of Michael Dyer. I've got a little – I'll say i got a little Cadillac vibes from him. Mm-hmm. He's not He's not super big, but, like, he's built really well. Um, and I know Ole Miss Great balance, too. Good, yeah, good vision. Ole Miss's defense is abysmal, and the tackling leaves everything to be desired. But, I mean, he was breaking – I think they were keeping – I think Cole Kubelik was keeping count. At one point, he had broken – I think when he scored his last touchdown, he had broken like 12 tackles in the game already. Anyway, I don't hate that pick, Ben. This one's kind of a toss-up for me. Yeah, it's a stay away for me. I mean, I'm rolling. I definitely like I said, it's a gamble. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a it's a complete stay away. I, I agree. It was it's a weird line in general. It opened uh-huh. at Auburn minus one, and quickly you see where the steam took the number. Um, LSU quickly flipped flipped to the fave and then went all the way up to three. So money's coming in heavy on LSU, and I think you know if you look at the numbers, dig in a little bit. LSU's defense has been bad at times, certainly this year. Really volatile, I think, is the best way to describe them because while they've given up points in bunches to teams like State and Mizzou, they also lead the SEC in tackles for loss per game and sacks per game. So they can get after the quarterback. I guess the the lesson there is that if they don't get home, their quarterback is going to torch the opposite quarterback is going to torch LSU secondary so the question here is really can Auburn protect Knicks and if so can Knicks take advantage down the field I suspect not I know Williams is good and he torched Ole Miss's secondary um, as a lot of players uh, will do this year and have done so far but um, and Williams is a great player but but LSU's got good receivers as well I do have some doubts about the freshman on the road uh in a hostile environment. I know it's not as hostile as it would have been in years past, but it is still a road game under the bright lights against, you know, a quality opponent. Um, so I don't know. You just wonder if Auburn Jesus shows up again, and if so, can he bail out Auburn one more time? Um, this does feel like a game that year in and year out, Gus just finds a way to win to save his job. I'm just not willing to bet on it with the, with the numbers in LSU's favor and the steam heavily on their side. I think LSU eeks one out, but it's a stay away for me. All right. That is, uh, yeah, I mean, I, that's the stay away game for me. I, I kind of said what I thought. I would probably take Auburn here just because we're getting the points, especially if it gets over the key number of three. If, if I'm getting three and a half, I would definitely take it with the field goal. Um, I've said in the past that, you know, three points, any, anything below that in college is essentially, I mean, you're picking the team to win straight up. I, I think Auburn can do it. I don't know about Finley. If he's going to have kind of a, you know, quote unquote, sophomore slump in his second game, um, be interesting to see for sure. All right. The next game, we'll keep it in the state of Alabama. Um, and this is a big one here. It is in big, but I mean spread. Uh, Alabama minus 31 or 31 and a half. Hosting MSU and the over under is 63 and a half or 64. I'll be quick here. I would take the under and lay the points. So I think Alabama is going to win something like 45 to 10. Yeah. Yeah. I don't uh, I, I, no analysis. State's got guys quitting. Their coach is publicly telling the media that he's draining the swamp or whatever he calls it. So like that, <laughs> that doesn't make friends. In the that's probably, room. that's probably exactly what he calls it. Incidentally. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I, 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 the easiest thing for him, just they're all walking the plank. That had been on brand. Yeah. yeah, there you go. He probably has said that too. Um, but you can't have that much locker room turmoil and still be a good football team. That is not possible. So, uh, 30, yeah. 31 is a lot. And I've gone back. Is and, it? Yeah, I've gone back and forth on this one too. Um, and now I'm wanting to look and see. Who, hold on, stand by, good pod. Uh, yeah, see, 
I think State had less than 200 yards of offense against Kentucky. Okay, hold and on. I think after the A and M game. Sorry, I was gonna, I was looking to see who Bama had next, but they have a bye after this, then LSU. Okay, lay the points. I was gonna say, well, okay. if they've got a big game next week, I'd say Saban's gonna like take it easy. He's gonna play his starters for two quarters and pull them. No, nah, this is gonna be a regular game where Mac Jones and company do their thing. Najee Harris runs all over him. I know State's defense is okay, like they're not absolutely terrible, but it's not gonna matter and. What Ben said, when you've got people just quitting and leaving, openly leaving, I mean, I think right now, off the top of my head, they've lost their starting running back, two backup quarterbacks, two starting offensive linemen, I believe. Um, Not to mention, you had Jerry Jones and Fabian Lovett leave before the season started. I mean, that's absolutely not good. Alabama is easily going to win. Um, They might be able to not by themselves but i mean the over is possibly tantalizing here if they can score in the 50s and then maybe costello or will rogers or whoever the hell's playing quarterback can get a couple garbage touchdowns um yeah this is alabama big written all over it yeah i mean definitely alabama big but i i do think that alabama's gonna kind of throw a neutral a little earlier than y'all are thinking so two weeks ago they played georgia and you know the game of the year basically thus far at least from an sec standpoint and then they played you know on the road last week at tennessee and you know that is not you know your 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 parents tennessee winning national titles in the 1990s but it's still a big game for for alabama when when they travel to tennessee so it's two you know relatively big games they're coming off of uh, I've just seen a stat that Saban's 15 and 26 uh, win favorites of more than 30 points at home in his time in Alabama. So, I mean, that to me says that they, they turn off the gas, they turn off the engines. I do think that they'll win big. Uh, I think it's going to be something like a, like a 41, 10, uh, 41, 13 type where they just kind of threw it in cruise control. I think, I, I think MSU covers 41, 10 is a cover. Just, yeah. What so, forty-one ten is a cover for who Alabama? Not not if I'm getting thirty-one and a half. I, I thought it was thirty-one point zero. Well, I mean, or at least a push. It's it, it's it's either thirty, thirty-one. Oh, excuse me, it's either thirty and a half, thirty-one, or thirty-one and a half. So if I'm taking if I'm taking MSU at thirty-one and a half here at this point. Yeah, it the number feels as sharp as as it gets. I mean, uh, forty two ten feels dead on to me. I mean, in addition to the attrition that State has suffered, it kind of feels like Mike Leach is going to treat this as like an open tryout, right? Like they're just going to be throwing guys out there to see who wants to play. You know, who's going to stick around for next year or whatever. But mitigating against that is Nick's point, which I think is a good one. Bama's had two really big games back to back. This is not a big game at all. And although they do have a a buy on deck where they could get rested and ready to finish strong down the down the stretch. I wonder about the Waddle injury and its impact on Saban's mentality and the team's mentality um, late in games. I think it will make Saban perhaps less inclined to keep some of the starters in, you know, in the second half. Um, if you if you just have to bet a Bama game, the, the Bama first half, whatever the number is, probably covers comfortably. I don't see State getting more than 14 points but you know Bama probably throws it in neutral as Nick said in the low 40s no reason to run it up into the 50s it's going to be around that number 28 to 33 is my guess so uh, complete stay away unless you want to lay the points with Bama first half 
I'll give you all a quick quick uh, fact. Uh, 69% percent of the bets wow. are on Alabama. Guess how much of the money is on Alabama? Mm. 83%. 87%. Oof. So the, the whales are on Alabama. Yeah, this is easy yeah. money. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know how you don't lay the points. I, I get it. Uh, y'all make very compelling arguments that it's sharp. In any SEC game with a 31-point line is sharp, I yeah. guess. But but and, – and your point is well taken that Alabama has played two tough games back-to-back. I don't know that we've seen – had a situation that's going on at Starville right now with a new coach and players leaving in his first year. I mean, typically when you get a new coach, everybody's fired up and excited. Right. And in and, and Starville, the opposite is happening. Hmm. Yeah, it's a dumpster yeah. fire for sure. Yeah. All right. Speaking of new coaches, uh, and maybe speaking of dumpster fires, uh, Arkansas goes to Texas a and game not in Jerry World this year. Uh, and the over-under is 54.5 or 55. And I'm seeing the line at uh, anywhere from 12, Texas A&M minus 12, all the way up to Texas A&M minus 13. Hmm. <laughs> I feel like this, this is... This is a line I, I don't want much to do with. Yeah, and I feel like this is either prime A&M playing with their food situation slash Arkansas maybe playing above their heads a bit, but I feel like the Arkansas kind of magic, the Arkansas, you know, pulling a rabbit rabbit's foot out of their ass is kind of going to run out of steam a little bit. I, if they had a better quarterback, I'd probably take the points, but I still don't think A&M is that good, but I think they're going to have a ton, a ton more talent and, better players and i think jimbo's just going to kind of mosey on to an easy two touchdown victory here i'd take uh i'd I'd lay the points here probably go under as well this is this game has been kind of wonky before in the past though i mean texas Mm -hmm. and arkansas you look up and it's tied there late in the fourth quarter i don't know it does kind of feel like a luck runs out game for arkansas i mean they've been playing above their heads last few weeks that's for sure Mm mm-hmm yeah, I'm going to lay the points. I don't like Felipe Franks at all. I think he's pretty terrible, actually. And I think that he's Arkansas also slow. Has had a, the, the, yeah, he's slow, but he's got a weak arm and doesn't make good decisions. So, But um, I do think that Arkansas um, has had uh, the horseshoe, rabbit foot, whatever you want to call it, shoved so far up their rectum that they, <laughs> you know, like rain $100 bills. Um, it's... It's the luck is running out. I'm going to lay the points uh, simply because I just I'm just not impressed with them. I, they're way better than I expected. Obviously, they intercepted Ole Miss seven times, had a good plan, but a lot of that and a lot of what they did against Mississippi State is the is the result of Ole Miss to Mississippi State just not really being able to out talent Arkansas, and A and M can do that. Like they still have been recruiting at a step above what Ole Miss had recruited in, on either side of the ball. So, uh, and as good as our offense is, so uh, I'm going to lay the points. Think about, yeah, think I, about I all the. Go ahead. I was going to real quick. I was going to say, think about all the bad things they needed to eke out a win against us. 
Yeah, it's like the Auburn deal, except a hundred times worse. That's right. And the same for for Mississippi State, for that matter. You know, Kylan Hill went out in the first half against uh, Arkansas, and State had a couple costly turnovers. I think y'all are exactly right, and I think the line reflects exactly what y'all have said, which is that this is the week that Vegas says the luck runs out. And I think part of Arkansas' success, as we've discussed, is their their turnover luck. Now, I know some of that is you create turnovers, you're a good defense, and they they are schemed very well, but. Um, A&M is not the type of team that's going to chunk the ball all over the yard. The last time that a team just lined up and ran at Arkansas, Georgia beat them 37-10. to 10. Now, mm. A&M is not Georgia. I'm not saying that. But they're closer to Georgia than they are Ole Miss or State in terms of their offensive philosophy. I think Jimbo realizes there's no reason to get cute and throw the ball around. Just line up and run over Arkansas. And I don't know that Arkansas can do anything about it. Um I don't trust Felipe Franks to keep pace. If the game gets, you know, if they go down 21 or 24, uh, they're not going to claw back in it. I think A&M covers, and this is the week Arkansas finally uh, ends up looking like the Arkansas team that we expected in the preseason. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. All right, the final SEC game before we get to the Ole Miss game is uh, a game that I just – I mean, I, I look at the line. It's, so the line's Florida minus 15. The over-under is um, 67.5. The, the, Missouri travels to Florida. And I look at this line thinking that, that Vegas has already priced in how well Missouri has looked the last couple of weeks, and they still don't like it. And, and that, that, te- that to me tells me it's, it's a game that – they, they're begging you to take Missouri because of how good Missouri's looked the last few weeks. And this is a game that, that you know, everyone's going to jump on Missouri and Florida's going to come out and beat them by 30. There's nothing I like about this line. I would stay – if I had to bet every game in the SEC, it's the last one I'd bet because it feels to me like Missouri should keep this within two scores. I mean, heck, they you know, they beat LSU uh, in a game that should have been in Baton Rouge and ended up being in Columbia. They looked good last week against Kentucky. I mean, this is a very confident team, and there's no re- excuse in them going down to, to Gainesville and, and losing by more than two scores, and yet here the line is. So this is a game that I would just stay far away from um, because I feel like Missouri is going to cover, but you know, there's a reason this line's still that large. Is the long layoff going to benefit Florida or not? I think it's going to. I think mm-hmm. that Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts, uh, the Kyle driver, as uh, our boy, uh, <laughs> as uh, Dan and Ty refer to them as over at the uh, Solid Verbal, I think they're just going to have their way. I like Missouri. Like Missouri's like a, a good team. Drinkwitz has done a nice job. They they kind of scrap and claw. They're uh they're not bad. I think Florida's just too much talent, too much firepower on offense. I'm gonna lay the points. Um, 13's not a ton. I still think they can win. It's kind of similar to A and M, where it's like Jimbo and Dan Mullen coach games that they should win very similarly. Like they 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 almost coach not to lose, and that gives you a lot of 38, you know, 16 wins and you know 40 to 24 wins and things like that um yeah i'm gonna lay the points i think missouri kind of comes down to earth a little bit after a big big win over kentucky that that kentucky missouri series is always weird and i feel like it's always an emotional game for those two programs like they just always play each other tough it's almost like arkansas will miss it's always weird no matter what um 
So I think Missouri kind of comes down to earth a bit, and then I think the long layoff let Florida get healthy, let them uh, kind of recalibrate. So I'm laying the points here. Florida big. So of the teams I've seen in person this year, or I've watched all of Ole Miss's games, so we'll we'll include those two. But the teams I've seen in person were Florida, Alabama, Auburn, and um, having seen also Kentucky and and the Arkansas game on TV, Florida is in a different class of everybody Ole Miss has played except for Alabama. They have the the feel, the look, and the feel of an elite. Talent, elitely talented team. I don't even know if that's a word. I'm going to use it. It is now. Um, uh, yeah. Um, long story short, I just think they have, they're going to outclass Missouri. And I think they cover, I think it's 38 21, 45 27, some. You know, 17 to 24 to 28 point win. I, I don't think that Missouri can keep it. I agree with Nick. They have played well. They played LSU well. Um, they play Kentucky well. But neither one of those teams are Florida, from what I've seen. And uh, that, like Zach said, the Kyle Driver is just going to be too much. Give me the Gators. Yeah, I don't know what to do with this spread, um, in part because I don't know what to make of Florida's COVID situation. I mean, I, would it surprise anybody if Dan Mullen is playing hide the ball on their COVID numbers and who's been out and who's not been out or whether they've been practicing or not? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I know Mizzou seems to have been playing above their heads a little bit and are probably due for some regression. So I've got no interest in the spread. The total is a little low to me. It feels like a pointsy game. and I, I think Mizzou could get to the mid-20s, and if Florida gets into the high 30s, this thing could probably go over. I may put a pin in that to double back to later when we're locking in uh, our, our picks, but just 61, 61 and a half is where I last saw it. That feels a little low. Yeah. Seems I'm with you there. Keep in mind – the Kansas City Star reported yesterday that Missouri is down to 64 available players for Saturday. <laughs> mm. yeah. so. No wonder there's not a ton of word from COVID. So the, the, the website I'm looking at, y'all probably are as well, Vegas Insider, only has the opening line, which typically when that happens, there's some concern. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, they're not quarterbacks playing. out or if Missouri has 64, they're not playing this football game. That's not, Oh, they got to play the football. Has the Florida already missed a game this year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What yeah. They're, they're, they're going to come play. give us COVID. I mean, I, I mean, I think that the, the point is, is that it, it, it's Florida that needs a, that needs a game. If it was, this game was Missouri versus Ole Miss. Maybe it doesn't yeah. get played, but you know, if it's Florida, if it's Alabama, if it's Georgia, maybe even LSU, they need this game to get played. They're gonna they're gonna do their best to get it played. Well, I'll tell you, I've seen the line at as low as thirteen. So, Ooh. Hmm. if that changes your pick, nah. no, no, I, I certainly wouldn't take Missouri at thirteen at that point. No. Uh, all right, we're gonna take our break. When we come back, we'll uh, give you our locks. We have yet to give any yet, so we have 12 to give you on the other side. So hang tight. We'll be right back.
It's Zach again, Podcast Rebellion, to remind you of our lovely sponsors here at the show. If you like New Orleans-inspired cuisine, go see Kelly English and the good folks in Memphis at Second Line or Restaurant Iris for some fantastic food and cocktails. You can also travel down to the coast to Magnolia House in Biloxi at Harris Gulf Coast. Blackjack, craps, slots, southern cooking, cocktails, what's not to like? All three fantastic establishments, part of the Kelly English Restaurant Group. Good food, good people, good cocktails. It can't be beat. That's Second Line, Restaurant Iris in Memphis, and Magnolia House in Biloxi. Speaking of good food, if you're in Oxford, go see Greg and the good folks at LB's Meat Market, the inaugural sponsor of this year's podcast, on University Avenue, across from Kroger. Celebrate with the best protein for your almost grilling needs with Greg and the rest of the folks there. And be sure to tell them that Red Cup sent you for exclusive deals and promotions. Remember, the Philly combo is back for just $10 right now. And you've got your lunch specials 11 to 3.30, Monday through Friday. That's LB's Meat Market on University, across from Kroger. Arby's is full of shit. LB's has the meats. Speaking of Oxford... If you're looking to get some libations going, be sure to check out Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery. It's a quick little eight-minute drive south of Oxford on Old Taylor Road, and it's the only spot in the Magnolia State for a true grain-to-glass gin experience. The space is fantastic. Chan and the rest of the guys there are doing some fantastic stuff. Uh, go there, get a tour, do a tasting, or you could do both. Inquire about maybe renting it out for a private event, maybe a anniversary, a wedding reception, a rehearsal dinner, something. The place is amazing. That's Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery in Taylor, Mississippi. And be sure to follow them on Instagram for all their latest updates and uh, comings and goings there at Wonderbird. Speaking of libations, if you're in Memphis, and you're looking to stock the cooler this year, Old Dominic on South Front Street is your place to go. Just like Wonderbird, you can go there for a tasting, for a tour, or both. And be sure to check out the rooftop bar, which is super awesome, has some great views of downtown Memphis, of the Mississippi River. Uh, you can try their Healing Station High Rye Bourbon, the Memphis Toddy, the Memphis Vodka, or the new Honey Bell Vodka. You can get it all there or at your local package store. So celebrate with that Healing Station Bourbon a very small batch high rye bourbon by the folks at Old Dominic. It's a bold classic whiskey with notes of stone fruit, dark cherry, and just the right amount of spice and heritage that dates back to 1866. You can enjoy it neat or even in your favorite cocktail like an old fashioned. It's got a mash bill of 52% corn, 44% rye, and 4% malt. Healing Station stands alone in its category of high rye bourbons. So you could do that or you can enjoy a quick taste of Memphis Toddy before the game this weekend, and then you can wind down with that healing station afterwards. So, like we always say, ask your pa- ask, ask your package store where you can find Healing Station by Old Dominic. And, as always, OD encourages you to share a sip responsibly. And last but certainly not least, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, make it a Clark Ford vehicle. Corey Clark and the rest of the folks in Amory, Mississippi on Highway 25 are committed to finding you a new vehicle today. Be sure to browse their inventory online, request more information about the vehicles, set up a test drive, and inquire about financing all online. If you want to do it a little old school, maybe uh, conversate 
via telephone. You can give them a call at 662-257-1900 and get in a new Ford today. Legal Gambling Council. Gentlemen, I'm going to go ahead and jump in here just to get this one before someone else snatches it up. My first lock. What? Don't, don't, we have, don't we have one more uh, SEC game to go over? <laughs> oh, excuse, excuse the hell out of me. Uh, yeah, we do, technically. <laughs> yeah, there's not. Sorry. The one there's non-conference not. game of the year. No. <laughs> yeah, not a, not a ton to say about this one. Over under 64, uh, the University of Mississippi Rebels traveling to Vanderbilt. Uh, line is either 16 or 16 and a half. And you can guess that Ole Miss is a favorite. I'm actually going to lay the points. I'll be quick. Vandy sucks. And I think Vandy Ole Miss does uses suck. this is a get right game. I think this, you know, in, one, in those seasons where it's wins are hard to come by, I think coaches like Lane Kiffin try to make those wins very loud, and that's going to happen this week. I think Ole Miss uh, covers, even with the defense, I think Ole Miss covers this. Yeah, I like that. Um, I'll say this. I'm looking at uh, the weather. Um Four percent chance of rain. Uh, it's going to be partly cloudy with some sun. Low of thirty-six, high of sixty-four. So the rain should be gone by tomorrow. It's been raining all day here. Um, I'm with, I'm with Ben. I think uh, Ole Miss big here. I did some, uh, did a little little digging today, uh, doing some prep work for this one. Um, and I'm going to try to pull it up here. Um, the stats for this one, uh, it is, I mean, just absolutely abysmal. Um, looking at what Vandy, who they've only played three games, um, but just to kind of give you a run through here, um, the Rebels are averaging 521 yards a game. Vanderbilt's only averaging 256. Um, now, uh, the quarterback uh, just completely lost my train of thought. Uh, it's uh, Sears. Um, I don't even think he's thrown for 300 yards this year. Um, sorry. You talking about in a game? No, uh, sorry, hold on, here it is. Okay, sorry, computer is running slow, good pot. K- Ken Seals, uh, he's thrown for 411 yards all season. Yeah, total in three games. In three games. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's like, even in NFL numbers, you know, where they don't throw it quite as much as college, it's terrible. Yeah, so he's... Uh, that's bad for 1985 numbers. Yeah, yeah ex- for, exactly, exactly. For, for comparison, Matt Corral's thrown for 1,400 and good lord 34 yards uh he's only thrown three touchdowns thrown four picks um now running the football jv on marlow has only run for 148 yards on 33 carries uh and then their leading receiver cam johnson pretty good player 
Uh, he is their leading receiver with nine catches, 127 yards, and a touchdown. Um, they barely throw for 145 through the air. They're at 111 on the ground per game. Um, they're giving up close to 450. Now, that's nowhere near what Ole Miss is giving up, but also keep in mind Ole Miss has played Bama and, uh, and Florida. Um, so they've played some good offenses, given up a ton of yards. As Ben said, though, earlier, I don't think it matters how bad Ole Miss's defense is. Vandy's just so, so bad. I'm laying the points, like he said. Kiffin's going to want to make a statement going into the bye week. It's a get-right game and then some. I think they let Matt Corral really loose here, let him spin it a whole bunch, and then Snoop Connor and Jerry Neely are just going to be too much. And Yeah, I like Ole Miss big. Yeah, Nick yeah, and I, I were talking offline earlier. I, you know, people, Ole Miss fans say that Vandy always gets up for Ole Miss, and I think that's true to some degree anyway because uh, they feel like we're a gettable game. But I just think in years past, Vandy had talent on their roster. Now, I'm, I'm not just – it's not to say they were a talented roster, but there were guys who were NFL players, you know, at spots up and down the roster. Uh, that this is not one of those Vandy teams, uh, you know. No matter how motivated they are, that's not going to make up for the talent deficit. This is one of the few teams in the SEC that Ole Miss actually has a sizable talent advantage over. Uh, I think we see it in full effect on Saturday. Uh, Zach called it a get-right game. I think it's a get-right game for the staff as well. Lane Kiffin would probably, you know, tell you that he would do things differently against Auburn if he had it to do over again. So I think we see a crisp, clean game this weekend. We get in and out. Um, you know, efficiency on offense, put up some points. I, I don't see Vandy getting into the 20s. I do see Ole Miss getting to the high 30s or the 40s. So should be a comfortable cover. I was on mute. Sorry. There are those games that, that Vanderbilt sneaks up and beats Ole Miss or sneaks up and plays a good game. And those are not those are not trash, terrible, one in eleven Vanderbilt teams like this is. This is a different level of bad. This is not this is not the Vanderbilt team that's gonna sneak up and beat Ole Miss. But it's kind of going through some stats. They've got one guy pretty much on the whole team, I think, that, that's good enough to play for another for another SEC team. And that's you know, one of the linemen on defense. Past that, nothing stands out. The running backs don't stand out, the wide receivers don't stand out, quarterback play obviously doesn't stand out. So I don't think this is one that, I mean, you know, almost can play with their food. I just don't see it. I don't really see the point. You've got a bye week next week, and then South Carolina the following week, you're going to want to get right. Because, I mean, you know, face facts, you know, one and four is not a great start from a record point. You want to come out, you know, beat the brakes off of Vanderbilt, go into your bye week at two and four, and then you've got a lot of winnable games after that. I expect that we'll do that. And I don't. You know, if this game is close in the fourth quarter, it's been a failure for an afternoon. <laughs> I mean, I don't want it. I mean, maybe I'll want it in the fourth quarter, but I mean, this is a game where you can let Matt Corral just go ham for three quarters, and then you could play Plumley, Tisdale, Renfro, Dent, whoever, and I still think they move the ball with ease on this Vandy yeah. team. I mean, this is yeah. – Oh, man, John Rice Plumley would kill Vanderbilt this year. <laughs> if they want to just play him, he'll kill them. I mean, this is like a game where I could see like a uh, like a Dennis Jackson or a Jaden Jackson have like 100 yards receiving because they hit a seam a couple times and are gone because one Vandy guy misses them and they're not catching them. So, um, yeah. 76% of the money is on Ole Miss, by the way. Okay. <laughs> 
68% of the bets, 76% of the money. So there you go. That's a 8% advantage. All right. Zach, you hit your first lock. All right. We're here. Forgot about that one because I mean, as forgettable as that game should be, it's going to be, it's going to be nice to watch because you want to see this team build up some confidence after back-to-back weeks of losing in such miserable fashion with the Arkansas game, just being a complete, just offensive failure, um, play calling turnovers and then you have the Auburn game where the officials completely boggle and take away seven points but let's get our locks in we got 12 to get in here my first one before someone takes it I am taking the Oklahoma State Cowboys I see minus three and a half I'm gonna see if I can get that hook anywhere else um but I'm gonna take them either way Cowboys here, I think that um, Tom Herman and company are in real trouble right now. I think that uh, Oklahoma State right now, a top 10 team, 4-0. They're not doing it like they normally do. Uh, They're not high-flying as much as they normally are. But um, I like the pokes here, and I just think that they are catching Texas at a really good time. And in case you missed it, yeah, I like that pick. While we were recording, uh, Tom Herman lost the number one overall player in the country in 2022, Quinn Ewers, uh, the quarterback from South Lake Carroll. He has decommitted and looks to all but be committed to Ohio State. So bad week on the 40 acres, and I just think that in Stillwater, Oklahoma State puts <laughs> it on them. Yeah, this is a different Oklahoma State team, like you said. I mean, they're they're, they're kind of doing it with the defense. It is. This strange. All right, I'll go ahead and grab a second pick. No one else wants it. Uh, I think you're getting some value here off of a Penn State team that should have won last week. Um, ben, you were kind of talking about during the game. I mean, they don't give up the, that last touchdown, but for multiple penalties that just kind of march the ball down the field for Indiana. Now, you can't do that against Ohio State. You can't give up penalties, but you also can't be as bad as you were last week you know, at times in that game, or you're going to get, you know, ran by Ohio State. They're at home. They've got some pretty good defensive players still. I don't love much on the offense, but I do think they're going to keep this one close. And I believe this Penn State line was up in the – I'm trying to find it here, Zach. Do you, do you see it? It's at I've got 12, 12 and, a half. and a, Yeah, it's at 12 and a half points. I just think that's a lot of points. Obviously, it's not going to be, you know, the full whiteout game like it was supposed to have been this season. But it's still a Penn State team at home. I think you're getting some value just because of a you know phantom ball hitting uh, the pylon when it didn't really do that. That probably moved the the line two, maybe three points just based on you know the, the outcome. And nothing really changed whether or not he hit that pylon. You know, Penn State's still the same team regardless of whether it happens or not. So I think you're getting a little bit of value. I'm gonna take Penn State my, excuse me plus twelve and a half doesn't really affect your analysis here much nick but they did lose their starting running back penn state did so now they're down their first and second string running backs yeah yeah jeez okay but 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 there's they're gonna have to pass the ball some i I think on 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 ohio state i mean they still got fire muth and i I think that that's the point is that they're they're still gonna have to 
you know, score some points through the air. I mean, that's probably the, and they, you know, the the running back, excuse me, the quarterback last week didn't, you know, had a little success on the ground. So, yeah, no, I think you're right. And I think you were definitely getting value because of last week. I mean, a preseason, my guess is I didn't look it up. My guess is preseason. This line was closer to a touchdown, certainly under 10, I would imagine. So I think, you know, anything over 10, there's value. Sean Clifford is going to have to do a lot in this one. He did run for 119 in a score against Indiana last week. But, yeah, Noah Kane out for the season. So it's going to have to be Clifford, Devin Ford uh, doing it on the ground for the Nittany Lions. But I don't hate this pick. I mean, I think that's a that's a good way to look at it with getting value. And Ohio State, you know, is is really, really good, as we all know. But this is a, you know, somewhat of a rivalry game. It's always a good one. So, uh, I, yeah, it's, I, don't, I don't hate it. Well, it's all – it's a land grant trophy, isn't it? Is it? I have no idea. Yeah, something like that. All right, Ben, you every, got one for us? Every game in the Big Ten is a point for a trophy. <laughs> that's, that's exactly <laughs> right. That's true. <laughs> um, so I'm going to do something a little different this week. I'm going to pick a game on Thursday, a game on Friday, and then a game on Saturday Ooh. Um, Ooh. just to uh, flex a little bit. I am – so my Thursday game – I'm going to pick the late game, Colorado State, Fresno State. Colorado State is a one and a half point favorite at Fresno. Uh, Fresno opened uh, at minus two, but but here's here's where I'm I'm going with this. The total opened at fifty three and a half and moved all the way to fifty nine. That's just too big of a swing for me. I'm going to take under fifty nine in Colorado State, Fresno State. Um, Strictly, strictly based on the large swing uh, since since it opened. Uh, no more analysis than that. I'm just going to play the odds here. Well, Colorado Literally. State's had a tumultuous offseason, too, so I kind of like that. Cause who knows what you're going to get with them right out of the gate? I mean, they had COVID issues and some controversies. I can't imagine that they're going to be a well-oiled machine right out, right out of the gate. Yeah, I mean, uh, to me, I just look at a lot of times when I – not for this show, but when I'm like playing games on Saturday, like you know, like all of the degenerates in this group, I look at I look at line movements like that, and a big one, you know, a five and a half point movement in the total, plus it swung across the uh, changed favorites, just kind of seems odd to me. I'm going to take the under fifty nine. All right, from one marquee matchup to another one, let's go to. Uh... <laughs> Let's go to Charlotte and Duke and give me the points with Charlotte. I think I'm catching nine and a half, Nick. Is that right? Uh, yeah, you can actually get all the way up to 10. Give me the 10. Let's do it. So Duke is one and five. They've got 22 turnovers on the season. There are rumors <laughs> that Cutcliffe might hang it up this year. Uh, 22 turnovers. On, how many games is that? Uh, six. Yeah. Good so. Lord. Yeah, they're not taking care of the ball. And look, Charlotte, not that this is a rivalry, but Charlotte was going to have a shot against North Carolina earlier in the year from the ACC and they're in state, obviously. They didn't get that because of a COVID cancellation. So now this is their one shot against a big boy in state there in a, a Power 5 conference. I think they take it seriously. I think Will Healy's a good coach anyway. I think Charlotte hangs around all game and may nip the Blue Devils outright, but I'll take the 10 just in case. All right, my second lock of the week 
I am kicking around two games here, trying to decide. I think, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go Boomer Sooner, minus 14 against Texas Tech. Uh, it, it appears that Lincoln Riley and company have got this thing figured out. Uh, Spencer Rattler, a uh, little shaky early on as the you know outright starter for the Sooners, but uh, had the big Rev- Red River rivalry game. Uh, victory in overtime I think that uh, they're gonna be able to put up a ton of points Texas Tech is not good at all I believe it was Houston Baptist that torched them through the air earlier this year so if they can do that then I think Spencer Rattler and company are gonna have no issues there it's only two scores I'm gonna lay the points Oklahoma minus 14 so I got two big 12 picks already what can go wrong Yeah, the I like craziest. It. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna dip back in for the Friday pick. I'm dipping back into the Big Ten well, and I am going to take the Minnesota Golden Gophers at is. Maryland, and and here's why. Maryland, Maryland, sucks. they got beat forty three to three against Northwestern. They had two hundred and seven yards of offense and scored one field goal against northwestern minnesota on the other hand had to play michigan last week michigan and northwestern are not they're they're not comparable to each other one of these give me not the same yeah they're not like the other nobody goes to michigan or to northwestern if they have a michigan offer those are two different kinds of players i don't know that anybody goes to northwestern i mean maybe they do with a minnesota offer uh, I think Minnesota blows Maryland out until Mar- – I mean, I know this is probably the kiss of death for me. It's a 20-point line. What I'm seeing, do you all have something better than that for me? I got 19. If you uh, do, that'd be great. Yeah, 19 and a half. All right, I'll take 19 and a half then. Give me Minnesota. I'll lay the points. It's at Maryland, but I don't even care. They, anybody who loses 43-3 to three to Northwestern, I, I view Northwestern like barely better than Vanderbilt. I mean, mm-hmm. that's like getting beat 43-3 to three by Wyoming. Like, I just don't I, – I, I cannot compute that. So, anybody who loses North that Western bad – Northwestern kids can, though. Yeah, they can. They can definitely <laughs> compute it. Uh, so, <laughs> um, yeah. So, give me uh, give me Minnesota. All right. You saying the word Wyoming was like catnip for me. <laughs> uh, I've been looking at the game, uh, kind of going back and forth. I thought it was Hawaii's first game for some reason, I guess. I like last week that ever. line, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I like this pick. Go well, ahead. I, maybe their 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 win last week over Fresno didn't register for me. Um, the more I look at it, the more I, I kind of like the under. Cause it's supposed to be 15 mile an hour winds and 41 degrees at, at kickoff in Laramie, and everyone knows that's kind of the windiest place on the planet. And, and it could be, you know, I think it's about 7,200 feet in the air. It's, it's a pretty tough place to play. However, I'm gonna stay with Hawaii. I just think they're going to come out gunning a little bit. Craig Bowl is—I don't want to say he's in trouble in Wyoming, but they're—they're—he's had better days in Laramie, that's for sure. They're not winning quite like they thought they would, you know, based off his tenure at North Dakota State. Um, Hawaii, you know, beat up on Fresno State last week. Fresno State team that I think is pretty good. Uh, Wyoming went down to Nevada, a team that that is not very good. I think they were four and eight last year and, and lost that game late. Uh, 37-34, they gave up a lot of points. It's just not 
this is not a great Wyoming team. And I, I think this is probably going to be, mm. you know, your older brother's Hawaii team. They're going to put up some points. They're still kind of in the fun and gun. Uh, they're, they're out there with the new coach as well. Rolovich is, you know, back on the mainland. But I'm going to go with Hawaii. Um, let's see if I can get – I, th- I think you can get uh, up to a half. A, uh, you can get up to one point at Bet MGM. So I'm going to take Hawaii plus one, minus one. Well, it's it, it's it fluctuates. It circa is minus one. It's a pick 'em at William Hill. So you want it, at, you uh, want it plus one? Yeah, Bet MGM you can get plus one. So I'll okay. take the point in case they were to tie. I would uh, win the bet. I can't believe you're going against Powder River here. I know, I know, and and I hate to do it, but we could have had two pokes, home. two pokes picks. We had, we had somebody on our show that played at Ole Miss during that time and said that the inside of the locker room said, uh, you know, take a picture or something. You're at seventy two hundred feet, like they have that painted inside the visitors locker room. That's pretty sick. So the, yeah, yeah. And it's the highest highest uh, stadium in the country. Hey, not counting Folsom Field, baby. It's a marijuana oh, yeah. joke. Uh, <laughs> Austin, you got a you got a pick? Uh, yeah. Let me. Uh, I'm gonna disrespect the troops. Um, give me Boise minus 14 against Air Force. They deserve it after last week. Thank I have no asshole. idea. I have no idea how to account for this line there, unless there's some COVID stuff going on. I, Air Force is bad. They're really bad, and I think they lost. A starting running back last week, and I know they have like 15 of them on the roster, but <laughs> they all play. Boise, they can all play. Yeah, but Boise is just better. It's just a better roster. They're a better team, and it's not like they don't see Air Force in the triple option every year. So that's not really a novel offensive, you know, look for them. I think Boise is really good. Again, I think just a much more talented roster, top to bottom. I think they roll Air Force. So let me lay the 14. Yeah, after last week, the Air Force deserves very. Very little of your respect. Yeah, they look. They lost San Jose but, State, right? Yeah, thirteen to seven. It was as as ugly as it sounds. But Brian Harson deserves all your respect. We uh, we yeah, love, we that's a good pick. We love Coach Harson. Yeah, I was really wanting that one. Um, all right, I think I'm gonna do it here. Uh. No, I'm not. There's no, <laughs> there's no fucking way. I was briefly flirting with taking the points with the Rutgers, but then I was like, no, why would I ever, ever count on Rutgers? Because I feel like Indiana's in a perfect letdown spot in that game. Uh, yeah. And it's, and it's 11 points, so if anybody wants to jump on it, they can. I'm not going to. Um, I think that I am going to jump on Cincinnati oh. minus seven against Memphis. I think great pick. This Bearcats team is really good. They really showed me something last week against SMU. I think SMU's a good good football team and and uh man Fickle's got them playing some really good football. That defense is for real. They uh just absolutely I mean, you want to talk about havoc plays? Like that's just a havoc defense. They're all over the place creating turnovers ton of tackles for loss. They get after the quarterback. Memphis is just kind of a weird team. They don't have Kenny Gainwell. They're in the post Mike Norvell. They're kind of catching their, you know, catching their balance a little bit. They had some COVID stuff going on at the beginning of the season. It's, it's just weird down there at the Liberty bowl, um, down there, uh, 
for the Tigers, so I'm going to go Bearcats. I mean, it's, it's only seven. Um, so I, I like uh, I like Cincy and, and Fickle to keep it going. So Bearcats minus seven. So I have not looked at our sheet. I'm looking at it right quick to make sure that I'm not picking somebody else's. Okay. All right. Because I've, I've been known to do that in the past. There is a game that is taking place in uh, South Mississippi uh, this weekend uh, that involves a team on their third coach of the season. Uh, the Southern Miss Golden Eagles host the Rice Owls. And this is a great on pick. the surface, one would say <laughs> that, that Rice is the obvious choice here. Southern's on their third coach. Uh, there's no way I talked earlier about uh, Mississippi State having a few players leave. How do you, how in the world do you keep playing <laughs> after you've had two Are head coaches? The leave? I, I, I can't even imagine. That being said, I am going to take Southern Miss. Oh, no. Because oh, God. <laughs> Rice is terrible. They are. So bad. Middle Tennessee played bad last week. Middle Tennessee is bad and still beat Rice. Um, I mean, Middle Tennessee three and a half, baby. That's right. Um, I'm going to go against uh, everything that makes sense here <laughs> and take and take the the Golden Eagles of, of Hattiesburg uh, Senior High. Um, no, uh, really. I think that Southern Miss should be more like a touchdown favorite over Rice. Um, uh, 70% of the money Man. is on Southern Miss here and 40% of the bets. That is a huge spread between the layman and the big money people. Man. So, uh, tuck your, um, tuck your me, chains and guard your grills. Give me yeah. USM. I Rarely, rarely do you see oh. a 30% differential. Like that is that that never happens, and and see, when that does, that means all the idiots like us bet rice <laughs> and lose because well, it makes sense. And the people in Vegas who are doing this for a living bet Southern Miss and live in, on yachts in the summer. So uh, give me give me USM. You could you could one hundred percent be correct here, Ben. I feel like this also could potentially be like a universe writing itself here because Rice lost on a quadruple doink in that Middle Tennessee game, which is they just did. like unfathomable. Like if that happened to an Ole Miss team, I don't even know what I would do. I'd probably just go lie down in the street and just take a nap. I mean, this is, this game is so bad. This is games rated TV MA. <laughs> like just, you can't watch this game. <laughs> Look! 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 Well, y'all, y'all, y'all hating? Huh? No, money's money's money. I'm, I'm just saying they showed they show this game to get mo detainees. Like that, that this is torture. <laughs> I really going into it. I thought I was going to pick Rice earlier today. I was like, I mean, there's just no way Southern Miss. And then I've talked myself into Southern Miss winning because nothing in this world makes sense. It's 2020, <laughs> and uh, you know, like let's just let's just roll with it. Sixty yeah. percent uh, of the bets are on Rice. Uh, ben, do you want to go ahead and grab that minus one twenty money line? <laughs> oh, on US? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> no. Here's Absolutely here's okay. Not. Last thing I'll send, then I'll let you pick. Fun fact: 
Southern Miss has thrown for 1,313 <laughs> yards this season. How many yards has Rice thrown for? Well, they've only played one game. Seven. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be low. 150. Okay, I forgot they only played one game. It's 242, but still. <laughs> yeah, they played one game. Yeah. Oh, all right. Speaking of uh, speaking of games, they should show to you know get more detainees. Uh, y'all mentioned the Indiana Rutgers game, not taking Rutgers, not de- not defending on depending on Rutgers. I'm not going to depend on Rutgers' offense to keep them in the game. I'm going to defend on Rutgers' defense to keep this a low-scoring <laughs> game. So I'm looking at Rutgers' defense, 47th in the country. I think that's probably skewed a little bit based on last year's priors <laughs> and how bad they were. Indiana's defense, 27th <laughs> in the country. Tom Allen knows what he's doing. Over-under is 53. This is not a game that's going to reach into the 50s. This is a game that's going to be played at best in the high 30s or low 40s. Oh, I'm talking a – then that might be your impetus to go ahead and go ahead and grab uh, Rutgers. I'm thinking a 21-10, maybe 24-13 type victory for Indiana. I think they play it close. Rutgers, they're, they're going to be in the right spots on defense. I mean, you know, the Shiano man is – you know, this is a whole different ball game from, like I said, from your older brothers, Rutgers. Uh, they're going to play defense, going to be in the right spots, going to make tackles. Indiana, we know what they've got with Tom Allen. And their offense wasn't great last week against Penn State. I mean, they were gifted some points, gifted some yards. So give me the under 53 in Indiana Rutgers. That's just downright negligent. <laughs> so, our, like our last six or seven picks have been – Minnesota, Maryland, which is, I guess, name programs, Hawaii, Wyoming, Boise State, Air Force, Cincinnati, yep. Memphis, Southern Miss, Rice, and that got followed up with Rutgers, Indiana. <laughs> Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. Money's <laughs> green. Hey, the coolest, the coolest thing about Rutgers is Noah Vedral, their quarterback, is number zero. Oh, that hey. is pretty cool. And maybe the number of points they put up Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Austin, take us home. All right, I'm gonna stay in the trash bag. All right, let's go to Purdue, Illinois. Oh. I bet Illinois last week plus nineteen and a half, and they are dog shit. So I'm playing Purdue minus seven. I don't understand the line. Purdue looked impressive. They beat Iowa. They were down Rondell Moore and still won. He may or may not play this week. I don't know. Brom may or may not be on the sidelines. He had COVID. I don't think it matters. Illinois is awful. I think Purdue covers easily. It's actually a revenge game. And as Ben said earlier, along with every other game in the Big Ten, they play for a trophy, believe it or not. So I think Purdue wants to get whatever trophy they play for, revenge after last year. Um, Easily gets into the 30s. I can't see Illinois scoring more than 20, so lay the seven. Give you a, a boost here. 71% 71% of the bets are on Purdue. Guess how much money is on Purdue? 71% of the bets are. So hmm. how much of the Tell money? Tell me 80. 92% of the money is on Good Purdue. Good Lord. Yeah. Love yeah. It. Maybe maybe that should worry me, but again, I can't back <laughs> Illinois again. <laughs> uh, I love it. Oh, this is, man, this is quite the sheet here, folks. All right, so. What run- is the line there? Seven. Seven. Seven flat, yeah. I, I can I see it at six and a half oh. um elsewhere, but we'll take you it. You know, this could be some random site, so Yeah, it's 
It counts. All right, so running through the twelve here, uh, we'll just we'll just go ahead. This is this is the trash bag week. Uh, we've got Oklahoma State minus three and a half, Oklahoma minus fourteen, Cincinnati minus seven, Fresno, Colorado State under fifty nine, Skew Ma minus nineteen and a half. That's Minnesota. Southern Miss minus one and a half, Penn State plus twelve and a half, Hawaii plus one. Indiana Rutgers under 53, Charlotte plus 10, Boise minus 14, Purdue minus 6.5. Love it. Just love the effort in the trash bag this week. All right, gentlemen, anything else before we close up shop in week nine? I just expect I expect Ole Miss to, um, to handle Vanderbilt and everybody to be yeah. happy again. Here's a here's a hot take. I think Ole Miss throws for 300 and runs for 300. Good if, lord! If we Let's don't do have it. a highlight video with the music as Penny Lane, um, <laughs> just our our media department's doing it wrong. Great segue. Go to Bad Kick Drinking Shirts and get your uh, official Penny Lane shirt. Uh, we also have uh, LFG Neck Gators. Uh, you can get a long sleeve tee, penny lane, short sleeve, or a tank top. So go crazy, buy some swag. We did get uh, we we did get Lane's uh, blessing on using his likeness. So go get it while they uh, while they still last. Nick Austin, final thoughts, reservations, cuss words. No, I'm, no, I'm just you know looking forward to another week. Looking forward to uh, Penn State beating up on Ohio State. It's a it's a scary card for Halloween, so uh, everybody be safe trick or treating and such. Yes, yeah, spooky card. Spooky. Holy dad joke. Spooky season. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I had to try. Yeah, <laughs> I had to drop that in. Yeah, so that's gonna do it. Legal Gambling Council Week Nine. Thank y'all for listening. Uh, as Austin said, stay safe out there if you're uh, taking the kiddos out for uh, for some trick or treating. Um, but until, uh, next week, uh, we'll be back with the hangover edition on Sunday. We'll try to get it to you on time this week as we've been awfully busy the last couple weeks, but, um, for Nick, for Ben, for Austin, I'm Zach. This has been podcast rebellion. Thank y'all for listening. We out.